0: In fact, we start with uh, just that story at 6 Minutes past 12 here on Midday Live. What do you make of um, Mbazima Shiloha's COPE faction joining the United Democratic Movement at UDM? So how many people is Shiloha crossing with? uh, And uh, how significant is this relationship in the bigger scheme of uh, South African politics today? And uh, what should be their plan, really? Localize uh, the the UDM in, in one province or try their luck? Nationally, I, I would really, really like to hear from you. Three four seven zero one. And uh, what do you make of uh, the the opposition party's weekend manifesto uh, in, in Limpopo and here in Johannesburg? Change and economy is uh, the focus of uh, the Democratic Alliance. Did you like that? Uh, do you have any reservations? Let's hear from you. And uh, also, what was uh, your reaction to the Proteas Brilliant and stellar performance this weekend. What a performance by Amla as well in the second innings. Wow, what a win too. Uh, Yeah some people started saying maybe Graham Smith declared too early when, when they saw <laughs> the O's cruising to about hundred and twenty three, twenty four 24 for, for a loss of just one wicket and people started to say, ah yeah they, they'll come back, but uh, he always had a plan, Graham Smith uh, but it's his performance that I'm, I'm worried about and can someone please talk to me about that, what needs to happen right now he's the captain but he's, he's really really been performing under par and you know that uh, once he hits that 50 the Proteas will definitely win. But he, just these past two tests, he's not been performing. And what's your, what's your view on that? You can, as President Yori Museveni to sign into law the anti-gay bill? You may remember just uh, about a week ago, he had announced plans to uh, put the bill on hold to give scientists a chance to prove that uh, homosexuality could be triggered by genes and is not a lifestyle uh, choice. Do you think that is fair? Please uh, also get in touch with us via Twitter at News at SAFM Midday Live, Midday Live at sabc.co.za. Uh, top story this hour, Mbazima Shiloha's Cope faction has joined Bantu, the Bantu Holomisa United Democratic Movement. The two parties announced this at a media conference here in Johannesburg just a short while ago. Shiloha has joined the UDM just over two months before the national elections. The former unionist COP faction is also being absorbed into the UDM. UDM leader, Bantu Holomisa.
1: No party in South Africa can ever win an election unless it appeals to the vast majority, especially the poor and unemployed, who do, not, who, do, who do not have access to basic services. As outlined in the UTM manifesto, it is imperative that we focus on the following issues. One, good governance, economy, quality education, quality health care system, feeding South Africa, that is, food security and rural development, safety and security, protecting the environment, and election reforms. We call on all South Africans, especially those who voted, who voted COPE in the last elections, to rally behind the UTM in the forthcoming elections. While Mr. Siloa will not be party to such integration for personal reasons, he supports the process and will actively work for the success in the short, medium, and long term. This is our country. Let's take charge and not allow corruption to destroy it gains of our freedom.
0: Bazimashiloa uh, in fact that's a uh, UDM leader Bantu Lomisa also speaking on the same matter is COPE's uh, former Deputy President Bazi Mashiloa.
2: I am fully behind the decisions taken by the by the summit that says in the short term <coughs> work and integrate with the UDM that says in the long term in the interest of our country Let's look at how we can be able to ensure that we have an alternative majority to take the country forward. You will be aware that uh, there is an interim interdict against, uh, against myself. And that interim interdict has yet to play itself out at the South Gauteng uh, High Court. And I wouldn't want this uh, process to be bedeviled with that particular with that particular process I don't want it to be seen as something that is inherited by the um, by the union but it's also imperative that and, and, and especially now um, Bantu was speaking about issues of, uh, of corruption it's very important that where there is an interim interdict that suggests that they would need to go to court, that I must never not be available in going to court. So, the personal reasons are simply that because it's an interim interdict which I would need to attend to, I would not want that to impact on this process. However, my presence here says two things. First, that, as I'm saying, I'm fully behind that particular process. But secondly, that uh, I will be available to assist in this process be it campaigning, be it fundraising, be it thinking and all of that. So I will be doing all of those sort of things and working with uh, with them.
0: Mpazima Shilowa, the CoPS former deputy president, speaking on the alliance with the UD with the UDM. And uh, let's talk now to Mzoko Mpolase, who is uh, a senior political analyst at political analysis South Africa. Mr. Mpolase, good afternoon to you. Hi, Ms. Bolasse. good afternoon to you. No, all right, uh, that line has uh, dropped. We'll try and come back to Ms. uh to talk to us about that uh, alliance of uh, the UDM and, uh, of course, uh, not, not COPE, uh, but uh, that, that faction that was led by Bazima Shilowa of COPE. Ms. Mbolas, are you back on the line? Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon
3: to you. Good afternoon to the listeners.
0: Great to be talking to you. Uh, Basima Shiloa is not going to be uh, playing a great role in the integration itself uh, if if I understood Misty, Mr Olomisa correctly uh, and, uh, and and really what, what do you make of this is is, is this a, an attempt by by Mr Shiloa to move everyone away from a uh, cope that is led by M Lekota, and it boils down to uh, some would say the hatred of uh, of Mr. Lakota really or is this a genuine genuine move?
3: Well, it, it has a smack of political survival in it, in that, uh, you know, uh, it, it's an attempt by Mbazim in the interim to extend his political class, and of course, um, having scanned the environment, perhaps he looked at the environment and said, well, the UDM is best placed in pursuance of this interest. Uh, and also, at the same time, perhaps it's uh, a conclusion to this long battle that we've been seeing between himself and Behind um, so political survival at some at some level, and certainly a way forward for his, at least his faction of COPE.
0: Is, is it a wise move though to be going the UDM direction when the UDM is really not doing greatly in in terms of uh, the, the the elections? They've been faring terribly in the past uh, in the past elections.
3: Yeah, certainly. I mean, in, if you look at the arithmetic of it or the mathematics of it, how, how much do they gain by whatever? It's well, 0.85% or, in um, simpler terms, four seats in Parliament. Uh, that's where UDM is standing right now. And, of course, there's certainly no way to tell um, where the uh, mentioned Shiloha fashion stands. And uh, that's 7.5% or so that COPE <coughs> Enjoyed in 2009 elections. Uh, polling right now shows that it's way, be, it's way below that. And certainly, though we can take some insights from uh, the local government elections, which put uh, COPE at just under 3%. And of course, you know, as a new entrant, you would have expected them to at least uh, make a, a better showing if you are to see uh, the, the results that they had for 2009. So there's hope that it reinvigorates both COPE le- at some level and certainly the UDM. Uh, and you know that obviously, Cope, from, um, perspective of leadership, they've been, you know, dealing with this, and that has led to an attrition of some supporters and voters. And of course, we do know that at least two political parties have already broken away from Cope, this, the patriotic, uh, patriotic movement of South Africa in the Eastern Cape, and, uh, recently, Mulegi George's United Congress. So at, at, at that level, the, 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 the interfactional internal fights have effectively eroded the support for COPE and certainly UDM has been on the decline ever since the, first look, uh, the, the 1999 elections. So it, at that level, it's trying to reinvigorate, bring some life, to both these parties, which one of them was really on the ascendancy for to take the 2009 elections?
4: Mm.
0: Do you think that uh, UDM members will be suspicious of uh, 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 Mbazima Shiloha really and his intentions or they will, they will think that he is somebody who can really rejuvenate uh, the organization? He was the Premier of Gauteng, the economic hub of South Africa. He knows Labour very well. He was at COSATU as well.
3: Well, they, they could benefit from this. Uh, as I said, you know, you're sitting at four seats. Uh, and, uh, well, at least 2009 elections, this party was way bigger than you were. So there is some element of gain for the UDM. In terms of the skepticism, of course there should be skepticism because you do understand that uh, Coke for the past three years has had interim leadership until recently at both at the provincial level, uh, branch level, and, 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 and certainly at the national level. So this has effectively stifled the party's participation in South Africa's Uh, uh, political space. So they would perhaps think that the drama, at least the leadership drama, and the leadership uncertainty that dominated COPE for the past three, four years will then be inherited by the UDM. So uh, one would expect that kind of skepticism. But indeed, um, Balima Shalowa has pointed out that she will not start uh, from the start uh, participate at least until this interim court interdict, certain the legal process is completed. So there's some thinking of uh, uh, in the part of chiloa, which he hopes will obviously quell uh, skepticism both from within his own faction and certainly this new uh, political framework that he will now be participating by the uh, under the UDM banner. <laughs>
0: Thank you very much. He's a senior political analyst at Political Analysis South Africa. Uh, Just a couple of tweets here, uh, interesting at Kuala P News. Kayeng saying that Shilomisa is born today with uh, this political swallowing. I wonder how many Shilowa will bring uh, as numbers because UDM has none uh, you remember also shikota that's what uh, was was said of uh, of cop when it started lindelani the essay politics have turned to be a joke and a laughing stock Bazima is a joke and just a power hungry addict. i just give up uh, yeah right says uh, lindelani there i'll be reading more of your tweets uh, at uh, Kuala P news at SAFM midday live it's uh, 18 and a half minutes past 12 <laughs> Our top story this hour, Mbazi Mashiloa has joined the UDM just over two months before the national elections. Looking at the markets this hour, gold is trading at $1,330.90 an ounce. Platinum is at $1,427 an ounce. The rand is trading at 11 rand against the U.S. dollar. It's at 18 rand, 20 to the pound sterling and trading at 15 rand, 10 cents to the euro. It's uh, 20 minutes uh, past 12. We we'll welcome your SMSs. Uh, of course, uh, 34701 is uh, the SMS line. You can uh, get in touch with us there uh, as soon as uh, you have something to say to us. All right. Let's uh, move on now. And uh, security is tight at the Palm Ridge Magistrates Court, where Czech fugitive Radovan Kreischer and his four co-accused are appearing. Kreischer is uh, is uh, bringing a new bail application to the Palm Ridge Magistrate Court in a third attempt to be freed. Let's talk now to our reporter Noma Bolani. Noma, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Bomi. At this stage, what can you tell us about this?
5: Well, there's it always seems to be a circus when Rodovan Kretch is involved. Um, the message went into court now where the his legal team is reading a new affidavit where it's presenting what they say are new facts. Um, basically, they are countering the affidavit of the SARS official who um, who gave an affidavit in the first bail hearing, where um, they are countering most of his um, his submissions saying that um, he. Basically, one of the big moments was the fact that he has a passport that he has not handed in, and the legal team saying that that passport was a certain number. That's an expired passport, and they have, they have the evidence that it was expired by the time he was arrested, as well as a letter from immigration from the station saying that the passport is no longer in use. So basically, they are taking the um affidavit and basically tearing it apart in efforts to, to you know, to make Radovan seem as if he's a truthful person using the new affidavit.
0: And, and the court really would worry itself about uh, setting a trial date. That's, that's what they'll be concerned with right now.
5: Yes, um, the child aid is expected to be set later today. Um, the, the, we had expected it to happen in the morning, but um, one of the accused, um, Samuel Marupin, hadn't arrived in court, and what needs to happen for a child aid to be set, that an indictment needs to be served and all, all accused at the same time. So that was, that, that was um, delayed, and they're waiting for him. So in the meantime, the application is going ahead.
0: And remind us, uh, Nama, of where Radovan Kresha is at the moment, because we remember when this whole drama started some three appearances ago, he didn't feel too good and uh, he wanted to be in the hospital. So where is he right now?
5: Um, He has been moved to a prison in Pretoria. Um, We have reliably learned that he's comfortable in prison. He uh, he is a living, you know, apparently he has a TV, um, officials mm. can't confirm that, but we have learned that, you know, he's living comfortably in a Piccolo prison. He looks okay, he looks healthy, he was smiling at his wife, talking to his wife and his son just before the, the proceedings started. So he seems like he's doing fine.
0: Yeah, they will probably have a cell phone too Thank you very much, uh, Nama Bolani, Our reporter at the Palm Ridge Magistrates Court At 22 minutes past 12 We stay in courts the Two teenage boys, accused of uh, murdering The two Dobsons, uh, Dobsonville school girls are Appearing in the Protea Magistrates Court in Soweto The boys, both aged 16 Were arrested on Thursday At the George Cosa High School in Soweto Where they attended school with uh, the girls Let's talk now to our reporter Wisani Makubela we good afternoon to you uh good afternoon bongi talk to us about the appearance of the two boys
6: yes bongi. um the, the the two boys are back today uh, you remember that on friday they made their first appearance where the case was postponed uh, the, the the reason that we given was that they will be sent for psychiatric evaluation but uh here today we, we 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 are actually waiting to be briefed by the police officers as to what is happening because they are appearing in cameras Um, A moment ago uh, some of the family members who have gathered here moved uh, to a courtroom uh, where the the boys are expected to appear So only family members and social workers are are allowed to be inside that courtroom
0: But uh, have they started uh, with with the processions today uh, or proceedings at least today Or are they still really working around their appearance and, and how they should appear?
6: It's not clear where, whether they have started because they, uh, some of the family members who were here uh, were, were asked to go inside the courtroom because even when the boys arrived, we didn't actually get an opportunity to see them. We were only told by um, a police officer that they had arrived. So this this whole matter there's the a veil of secrecy around how it's being dealt with.
0: Alright, we thank you very much, uh, Wisani Makubele, our reporter, who is at the Protea Magistrates Court in Soweto, where uh, the uh, two teenage boys accused of murdering uh, the two Dobsonville schoolgirls are appearing. In court at 25 minutes past 12, we talk now to uh, the Minister of uh, Agriculture, Forestry and Fisheries, Tina uh, jumet Peterson. The issue really is that the South African Commercial Linefish Association is taking Fisheries Minister uh, to court over fish rights allocation. The association is asking the Western Cape High Court. To grant an urgent interdict, which would allow fishermen who did not get rights to be allowed to fish while a longer court action is uh, underway. Minister, good afternoon to you and welcome.
7: Good afternoon, Dongi, and thank you very much for having me on your program.
0: Help us understand. Yes, help us understand where the I process have, is. Yes.
7: Yeah, the, the fishing rights allocation process ended on the thirty-first of December. 2013. We met the deadline and um, that was a departmental process. Yet on Friday the deadline for receiving complaints in the appeals process that deadline was the 21st of February, last Friday. The appeals process is managed by the minister. Mm. The minister has a duty to transform the fishing industry to de the economy and the fishing industry, and to address inequality. This resource is still 90% in the hands of white people and predominantly in the Western Cape. It's a national resource. People in Kauteng have a right to fishing quotas because people in the Western Cape have the right to mining rights. So we don't say mining is in Kauteng. Only Kauteng people can get mining rights. And likewise, we also have to give quotas to KwaZulu-Natal, to Eastern Cape, and to the northern
0: Cape, Minister. I, I think I think you'll get a, a serious support in your attempts to transform the the, the industry. Uh, but uh, the question really is how you're going about doing it, it would be would be yeah. questionable. You you admitting yourself that uh, you have had to, to to reopen the the, the the system because you feel that it wasn't done properly. There are administrative issues here. You have appointed a law firm to to look into it, and uh, and also you 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 in order to accommodate the appeals of all those who wish to do it you've agreed to extend the appeal so it means that uh, from the word go there were problems
7: the appeals process is a process for the minister and the minister has decided and i have decided to have a listening campaign where we can communicate directly with fishers our experience is that these fishers have acted as fronts for white people White people still want these quotas and use black people in general and Mm. colored people in particular to do the fish. Those fisher folk go out to fish, they take the risk of the boats. They take the risk of going out to sea. When they come on land, they have to give 60% of their fish to the, the white fishing quota holder. We, now through this appeal process, of giving those quotas to the authentic, the marine living resources at the mainland bow are only going to go through the NCOP in March the people who were absolutely against this transformation was the DA mm. they blocked the act for the last three years because they had wanted to ensure that fishing quotas remain in the hands of white people again so, the court case is a bit to keep there, so people.
0: some some people uh, uh, minister here w- would look at this and and, and say you you are yes trying to transform the industry but uh, uh, you, you you haven't thought it through because uh, at the end of the day You take away from the people who have, who have uh, equipment, for instance, to to fish, who have uh, uh, all kind of resources, and uh, rightfully you're giving to the people who have been sidelined, who have been used as as France also, but uh, there, there is no plan on your side right now as things stand to make sure that you capacitate these people that you're trying to empower.
7: There has been a plan for the last three years, We had, in 2010, we passed the small-scale fishing policy, which stipulates how we're going to empower those small-scale fishers. The small-scale fishing policy also allows us to form cooperatives. Unfortunately, the the amendment to the law was delayed by three years. Now, if the law was passed earlier, we could have allocated the quotas to cooperatives and small-scale fishers. Hmm. Right now... The law doesn't allow us to do this. Once that law is passed, we don't need to give this quota to a white boss. The very same fish of folk who are making their, their livelihood out of the sea, they will get the quotas. the The appeals process is a legal process which is stipulated by law, which is not there because of of um, uh, pressure. The law states. That I need to bring in an independent body to look in the face. You must remember that these quotas will be in place until
0: 2022. Okay. we got In you.
7: 2005. You. Minister, we've
0: run out of time. I, I, I wish we could talk some more about this, but uh, b- believe you me, we will, we'll be bringing you back because uh, this is an ongoing issue. That's uh, Tina Jumat-Peterson. Uh, she's the Minister of Agriculture, Forestry and Fisheries, and uh, we must also hasten to uh, say that uh, the Lion Fish Association declined to comment. We had invited them, we gave them a uh, right to respond, and uh, of course they, they declined to come through. It's now and uh, it's time for the news headlines. Sir Saku, good afternoon.
8: Lawyers representing the South African Commercial Lionfish Association and the Department of Fisheries are meeting behind closed doors after the association brought an application for an urgent interdict in the Western Cape High Court over the allocation of linefish rights.
0: Not that you have anything to do with this on otherwise, uh, but uh, just find it very fascinating. You remember there was a a shikoda. Now we're told there's a shilomisa. (laughs)
5: I did say last week, let the games begin. <laughs> the games have started. Yeah, very entertaining. I wish I, you know, I was a stand-up comedian at this point.
0: You, you wish you were just uh, doing pure uh, politics also, you know, as as a presenter, because you, this is very fascinating. <laughs> anyway, otherwise, what's up?
5: Well, claim your position as top expert in your field. That's what author Mindy Gibbons-Klein shares in her book, 24 Carat Bold. She's an international speaker, an executive coach from the UK, and she'll be giving talks at the Rock Concert for Business tomorrow at the Fenton Convention Center. We talked to her. And then, how important is it to have a harmonious space at work and at home? We find out from Elaine Hossiason, who is the Master of Feng Shui, an appointed lecturer of International Feng Shui Research Center.
0: That's the show. Ah, it's interesting. Thank you very much, Shadow We'll see you between 1 and 2 here on SFM 104 to uh, 107. Let's go back to your SMS uh, and tweets as well. Uh, Kain Kanyana saying that uh, Uganda is extremely conservative, and Museveni represents a regime that paints the continent bad on this gay thing. And, uh, there's another one coming through from, uh, Kanye Makumana, a colleague here at the SABC saying that it's gross human rights violation, even from, even from a religious perspective. If that's uh, the angle they are coming from. And Uganda says homosexuality is a sin, then all must be arrested for there are no degrees of sin. It's a uh, hypocritical. Just some people, uh, uh, uh making their views heard here on uh, this story that uh, we're looking at right now. And uh, homosexuality is a uh, taboo in African countries and uh, illegal in 37 countries here on the continent. Well, the Ugandan President Yuri Museveni uh, will today sign into law a controversial anti-homosexuality bill. Museveni's decision to pass the bill comes less than a week since he announced plans to put the bill on hold to give scientists a chance to prove that homosexuality could be triggered by genes and is not a lifestyle choice. Western countries have criticised and tried to stop the bull from being signed into law. For reaction on this now, we're joined on the line by the coordinator for the Uganda Civil Society Coalition on Human Rights and Constitutional Law, Claire Biarugaba. Claire, good afternoon to you.
9: Good afternoon,
0: please. How are you? I'm fine, thank you very much. Uh, just about a week ago, uh, President Museveni says he'll put this bill on hold and, and and give a chance to everything else really that that needs to go with it, including uh, scientists really to look at uh, the cause of homosexuality. But uh, a few days later, he changes his mind and uh, he says I'm, I'm pressing ahead with with it. What is your reaction to to this number one, number two? What could have pressured him to to decide to sign this into law?
9: You know, first of all, I'm very, very disappointed and it's a very dark day for, you know, LGBTI rights in Uganda. As you know, we've been fighting this bill since 2009 and, you know, in just a few hours, the rights of LGBT persons are going to be, you know, put in jeopardy. He's going to sanction state-sponsored homophobia. And that for us is very disappointing, but a leader who is supposed to protect all citizens of the country is going to sanction sex for centromophobia and it's, it's, it's heartbreaking for us as activists that we have, you know, in this way lost this fight. But it's also very, very scary for the, for the entire LGBTI community because it's been uh, receiving so many threats and we believe that this, you know, signing this bill too low will mean that, you know, the hate speech is just going to increase and, and all the, all the plans to attack us and everything hmm. are actually going to be much better. He, he,
0: uh, he is going to sign it anyway. There, there's no stopping him now.
9: There is no stopping him now, I believe, because I think he has weighed his options and his political ambitions have won over You know the respect for human rights and the rule of law.
0: Hmm. And, and, and really, what else can be done for, for the, the, the leadership of, of Uganda to, to, to reason this through? It would appear it's a pattern, because also in, in Nigeria, uh, just a few weeks ago, this was, was also signed into law uh, in, in Zimbabwe, for instance, the Zimbabwean uh, president, uh, Robert Mugabe, who in the past has called tolerance for gay rights unnatural and filth, and, had, and has yet again made his uh, views known surrounding uh, recent political and social gains uh, made around the issue of, uh, of uh, ho- homosexuality.
9: Yes. Um, fortunately, you know, we have not lost the fight as much as, you know, this is huge, this is a huge block for but at the same time, we have already planned a constitutional challenge to the, to, to the law, and it also we're gonna try and get an injection to stop the enforcement of the law because of its devastating effects. So we don't feel like we have lost the battle completely. And uh the good thing again about uh about the tabling of this bill is that it brought about dialogue within the Ugandan community. A person who had never even thought, you know, anything about gay or lesbian people, transgender people have somehow learned, and although, I mean, the debate is very one-sided, people have the homophobia has increased, but at the same time, there are few people who are looking at this issue objectively, and of course looking at it more broadly in the political sense of why, you know, Uganda is using this law as a leveraging tool, for example, in the international community. Yet there are so many other problems that the average Uganda faces,
0: Okay. Have there been any uh, clear pronouncements as to what will happen then uh, to to uh, gay and lesbian people there in Uganda? For instance, in Nigeria, any person who is openly gay and anyone who registers, operates or participates in gay clubs, societies and organisations can be sentenced for up to 10 years' imprisonment. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately for
9: us it's worse because there is a promotional clause that, you know, uh, bans, you know, anything about advocacy, lobbying for LGBTI rights, health services towards LGBTI persons, you cannot be seen in you know, promoting in court anything to object about homosexuality. So all our work, you know, as activists and as groups who are formed, you know, around this issue is going to be put in jeopardy. If you're found to be um guilty of promotion of homosexuality, you're liable to about 14 years um, mm-hmm. in, in prison. So, how that is going to affect the kind of services that the LGBTI community has been receiving, for example, within the health sector. It will affect any government plans, you know, to reach most of populations for, which, for example, the NSM, okay. the non men, we're going to benefit from. So this is larger than just, you know, LGBT organisations. It is going to affect the allies and partners that we have built mm. um, over the years.
0: Any plans to take this to the United Nations courts, for instance, or even the African Union? Because uh, it, it does uh, uh, make pronouncements on, on, on such issues, the AU. Uh, yeah, but uh,
7: we,
9: there are limitations there because you have to have uh, exhausted uh, local remedies. And we believe we are going to get these remedies because this this, this I mean this law is passed this thing is passed into law is very unconstitutional and can't be challenged uh, within the courts of law. But we understand that might take you know quite a long time with a with a kind of court system in Uganda. Okay. So we decided we don't have the African Court of Justice. Uh, You know, in concurrently with the Constitutional Court. So we have connected to the Go to the International Court of Justice and the Constitutional Court of Uganda. All
0: right. We thank you very much, Claire Biarugaba, who is uh, the coordinator for the Uganda Civil Society Coalition on Human Rights and Constitutional Law. At 20 minutes to one. A local SABC radio DJ is expected to apply for bail following the death of two pedestrians over the weekend. Police say the DJ allegedly lost control of his vehicle and collided with another before knocking down two boys aged 14 and 17. The incident happened after a musical festival hosted by our sister station Mosweding FM. Dial Khaitsewa reports.
7: I
4: heard
8: the noise and
5: rushed outside. When I got there, I saw the children's bodies laying on the side of the road, as well as the two cars that bumped into each other.
1: This is an eyewitness giving an account at Extension 8 in Mahikeng, who says he saw the aftermath of this unfortunate accident. The community are shocked after one of Mozani FM top DJ left allegedly ran over two people over the weekend. According to the police, the DJ lost control and collided with another, knocking down the two boys aged between 14 and 17. This incident happened after an full all-night festival. Safety and security spokesperson Ben Bolem alleges that the DJ vanished from the scene after the incident.
10: Uh, I
11: uh, would like to condemn strongly the incident which happened uh, around Mafikeng where alleged top DJ driver from Mufedin they have actually knocked down four pedestals, and two they died forthwith. It is alleged that they were actually coming from, from the church. We are informed
10: that uh, the driver immediately then uh, fled the scene.
4: SABC
1: spokesperson Kiza Kanyaho says they will cooperate with the law. Kanyaho explains,
6: as SABC we have unfortunately head of this incident that happened and our hearts are with the families of those who have lost their effects and from our side we will send our management team from Mutsodim to go and gather all the facts and try and see how we can support both the families that have suffered and our colleagues and then from there we will then await the law
0: sabc's uh, kaiser Khan-Yakho ending that report by dial where the dj's identity will only be announced after he has appeared in court Platinum producers Amplats, Lonmin and Implats Resumed bilateral talks with the CCMA in Johannesburg this morning The companies have also taken out radio advertisements Pleading with AMCO members to accept their final 9% offer and return to work Let's talk now to our reporter Frank Numado Who is following the talks at the CCMA Afternoon to you Frank
11: Afternoon, afternoon
0: to the what can you tell us at uh, this uh, lunch hour really about these talks, very very crucial talks after there was uh, a stalemate and uh, hostilities between uh, the, the, these two parties, the, 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 the union and, and the, the, the producers?
11: Yes, sir, it's true that they are very crucial and I would like to say that that is the first meeting that the CMA is meeting with the employers after they met with AMCO on on Thursday, and after the employers uh, took out the advertisement saying that they cannot go beyond the 9%, and they actually had a a media conference, I think it was uh, Wednesday, last week. And my my, my sense, Bonnie, is that this is actually a tipping point. Since they have now uh, come out publicly saying that, I mean, this is far as, as they go, I think uh we could have we, we could see some tra- dramatical uh, uh, development. F- for example, you can't rule out. I mean, the talks officially blocking at this point in time, which which might which might suggest that I mean, government departments, especially the Department of Mineral Resources and Labour, might have to come in to intervene.
0: But uh, really just talk us through Because uh, I, I was talking about the, the hostilities I mean the, the, the 590 million rand uh, damage claim Really put forward by by the the, 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 uh, the mine management there at uh, m and 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 also how AMCO reacted to that And today they are meeting AMCO had said they want to talk to the CEOs They, they really they couldn't care much less now about the CCMA so just talk us through all those things, and and how are they looking at each other today, and the mood really at these talks.
11: Yes, well, I, I, thank you for that. What I can say with the facilities, you remember that I mean, it's now about a week ago that I plus the biggest of, of the three mining companies sued Amco for nearly six hundred million rand, which is over a half a billion rand. And in addition to that, it also went back to court on Friday, in, in at which it was seeking the uh, physical incarceration of the entire leadership of AMCO. Which says, I mean, while the talks themselves are very difficult, there is uh, a visible uh, elements of hostility, especially between AMCO and and Amplas, uh, the bigger of the three parties. I, 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 my my other sense is that I mean the smaller uh, uh, miners like Min and implas they are actually uh, waiting in, in in the in the background to see what will happen with the court case that is mounted by implas. But I I, I I I cannot say now that I mean the, the talks are very friendly. I think we have reached a, 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 a stage where there is really visible hostilities between the parties.
0: Thank you very much, Frank Numalo, our reporter there. And we really, really sincerely hope that uh, they find each other and uh, move on and resume production there. It's uh, seven, uh, 13 and a half minutes to one. Let's bring you now your lunchtime market updates. Today's JSE report is brought to you by Telcom Business Convergence One solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. Clinton Smith, Portfolio Manager at SASFIN Securities, afternoon to you. How are the markets looking to open this week?
12: Afternoon, Bongi. Uh Well, the market's trading high at the moment, uh, despite uh, opening lower this morning with fears around the slowing uh, Chinese property prices. Uh, at the moment, we've got the gold board up one and a half percent, resources down 0.9 of a percent, uh, industrials up 0.5 of a percent, and financials up about one percent. Uh, overall, the market's up 76 points at the moment, or 0.2 of a percent higher, at uh, 47,528.
13: Number
0: of companies uh, coming out uh, with uh, announcements today. How has the market responded to those? Uh,
12: well, there have been a, a lot of results out today. Uh, starting with Huleman, uh, reported an increase in their headline earnings per share of uh, 128% uh, to 57 cents a share, uh, although they did put through a 1.5 billion rand uh, impairment on their plant and equipment. Uh, Huleman currently trading 3.7% higher at 6.50 rand. Um, and then Wilson Bailey, uh, Wilson Bailey Homes released their interim results at the end of December, uh, revenue up by 11% and headline earnings, uh, with headline earnings down by, by 20.4%. Uh, Wilson Bailey declared an interim dividend of 35, which is, which is unchanged from last year, and currently trading 0.4% higher at 141 rand 55 um, and then finally we had an announcement out from, from NUSPERS that Chris Becker will step down from his uh, CEO position in April uh, to be succeeded by Bob Van Dyke. Uh, Chris Becker intends to, to travel and research the next leg of, of NUSPERS growth and uh, it's expected he'll rejoin the board in, in as uh, as chair in April next year, uh, NUSPERS currently trading 0.7% higher At uh, 1280 rand a share.
0: Yeah, there's a great feeling that in Bob we trust. Uh, Everyone really thinks that he will do a great job there. But uh, uh, some of the big movers so far.
12: Uh, on the upside today, Nedbank also actually came out with some pretty solid results today, up 3% at the moment at 208.92, 1st Rand, uh, first Rand uh, following them uh 3% as well, 33.75, I've got NAMPAC up 2.8% at 37.40 and RMB up 2.7%, uh, trading 47.20. And then on the downside, uh, Pioneer Foods down 2.2% at the moment, 79 Rand 45, uh, down 1.9% at 57 Rand 51, uh, BHB Billiton down 1.6% at 356.31, and lastly, Afrox is down 1.5% at uh, 18 72.
0: And uh, your latest market indicators?
12: Uh, and indicators, the gold price is currently $1,333 an ounce, platinum $1,430, uh, Brent crude is currently $108.93 uh, cents a barrel, uh, yield on R157 currently at, uh, 7.28%. And then finally on the rand, we're trading 10 rand 97 to the dollar, uh, 15 rand 10 to the euro, and 18 rand 27 cents to the pound. And that's it from me, Bongi.
0: Thank you very much, uh, Clinton Smith of Southwind Securities. This feature was brought to you by Telcom Business. Talk to Telcom Business about getting you on the journey to convergence with a tailor-made solution. Telcom Business.
3: Marilyn, I need a non-automated hand-operated ink dispenser for the objective of on-paper documentation.
1: A pen, sir? Yes.
3: That's the word
4: I was looking
0: for. Using several words when one will get the job done doesn't make sense. Neither does using several providers when you can get voice, mobile, fixed data, cloud, and IT from one service provider. Call 10217, click telcom.co.za forward slash business, or visit a Telcom Direct store and get a tailor-made solution. Convergence. One solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. Quick SMSs and tweets here, one from uh, Moses Kahoto saying that uh, it's uh, the habit that I don't support, no hate. Talking about what's happening in Uganda there. Shanges Busiso at uh, Shibalo says that Mpazimashilo will be expelled by Olomisa now. He should uh, have rejoined the NC. There is no life in uh, UDM, says uh, Shangide. And Lindelani Mkize, uh saying that, uh, let me see this one. Uh, okay, I've read this one, but this is uh, naughty one. I'm not going to read the first part. Uh, Lindelani there you might get me fired here. But uh, you're saying, did they seal that deal with the keys as well? Uh, yeah, disgusting That's what you say on, 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 on Twitter <laughs> And Sanjay Maharaj saying that uh, Opposition parties would do much better By finding political commonality And by uh, pulling themselves to form one super opposition party And uh, Devza Masekho saying that uh, Let's hope that uh, Shiloha will add value to UDM And for their sake I hope they won't regret uh, Sabelo Duma and Jablanzula won't be able to read your tweets right now I've just run out of time But thanks very much for sending them through Anyway Free State Premier Ace Mahashule has stressed that uh, the provincial government has managed to deliver since he took over as Premier in 2009. This is despite problems such as housing backlogs and poor financial controls. Uh, The municipality's skills also had to be improved in order to further job creation. He was speaking at a business breakfast briefing in Bloemfontein where he elaborated on uh, his state of uh, the province address which was delivered on Friday. The breakfast was held in conjunction with uh, New Age newspaper. Let's have reports.
10: We have done very well because uh, we have given a lot of people uh, 7,242 Bazaris and as I look at that list uh, I have packages and I was counting how many are whites, uh, how many are so called Indians and how many are so called uh, colors and I'm proud to say uh, when I look at it I found almost 502 why it have been given <laughs> by this uh,
0: uh, Free State Premier Ace Mahashule reflecting on some of his achievements but has acknowledged that there's more to be done. Mahashule cited housing backlog as one of the challenges.
10: But we are addressing a mess of some people who are leaders of the ANC who are so critical about the ANC today because we are addressing some of the legacies of uh, between 94 and 99, uh, when some premiers were were there.
0: That report by Teb Kholitzaba there and uh, the uh, Premier of uh, the Free State, is Mahashule ending that report.
8: Mike's broken down in the middle of nowhere again. Can you go give him a tow? I was just about to call it a day. Ah, well, here are the keys to the Nissan NP300 hard body. Why don't you give them to John? I, I don't have to be home for a while. Let me do it rather. Right? Enjoy getting the job done in a Nissan NP300 Hardbody 2.5 TDI base now from a fantastic 188,000. Visit your nearest Nissan dealer on Nissan.co.za to experience the proud heritage and proven capability of the Nissan NP300 Hardbody 2.5 TDI base for only 188,000. Season cs apply. Nissan innovation that excites.
1: We at Limited South Africa are committed to the sustainability of our business, the communities we work in, and the environment. But wait, don't take our word for it. Let's hear what the real experts say. In the past five years, we have spent more than 200 million rand on land remediation and rehabilitation. Asa transforming tomorrow.
2: CREATE is proudly presented by Business and Arts South Africa, bringing the business of the arts and the art of business together.
4: Currently showing at the Absa Art Gallery in Johannesburg is a retrospective photographic exhibition by international award-winning photographer Dr. Peter Magubani. The exhibition features photographs taken between 1954 and 94 and covers some of the most defining events of the anti-apartheid struggle, from the treason trials of the 1950s to the youth uprising in Soweto. Dr. Magubani talks to the title of the exhibition, which is A Struggle Without Documentation, is no struggle. This was June 16 1976
13: when the students did not want to be photographed and I went to them I lifted my camera they said no and I said a struggle without documentation is no struggle. Someone in the crowd said yes I, I know him let's leave him let him take pictures then I told them I said leave everyone who is here with the camera because they are documenting what is happening and also The outside world would see as to what's going on in South Africa, what's happening in South Africa between black and white. I had to use my camera to show the world how apartheid works. It's still playing a very big part because we would not have seen the Marikana's, We would not be seeing what is
4: happening in the township, these demonstrations they're having in the township if the people with cameras were not there. During the apartheid era, the photographer saw him spending more than a year in solitary confinement, and he was banned for five years from taking photographs. However, Dr. Magabani says that it didn't stop him, and he went to great lengths to capture the images he needed and wanted. I was detained for 586 days in
13: solitary confinement, and I was banned for five years. I could not work as a photographer. But what did I do? I did not just sit still. And I did not allow myself to be dictated to by anyone. If I want a picture, I want a picture. You can't tell me no, I cannot get it. I will find ways and means of
4: getting that picture. Wendy Lucas Bull is the chairman of the Barclays Africa group. I think
8: every image is extraordinary and it brings an emotional memory and a source of reflection. So I think for us now, and more importantly for the youngsters and our children, to have this kind of record to be able to look at it in a way that is so emotive because I think you have to actually feel history rather than just read it and I think this exhibition allows a record of history to be felt rather than just recorded in writing.
4: As the Barclays' Absa transaction has been finalised Lucas Bull believes that the exhibition aligns itself with their support of
8: arts and culture. We have just completed the Barclays' Africa transaction which brings a number of countries in Africa under one umbrella is Bakke's Africa and it's the start of a new chapter and a new set of opportunities right across the continent so it's in line with what we are doing to support country by country in reflecting on the richness of art and culture that exists in the communities in which we work and it's important to support and celebrate artists because they are a wealth that exists in the fabric of a community and without our kind of support they aren't able to be enjoyed in an audience as wide as they could be so that's the role that we hope to play through the continent. Dr. Peter
4: Magabani's A Struggle Without Documentation is No Struggle will be running at the ABSA Gallery in Johannesburg until the 13th of March. There's a walkabout with Dr. Magabani taking place on Friday the 28th of February. Also, don't forget the closing date for entries for the Absalatalia competition. That's on the 7th of March. You can log on to www.absalatalia.co.za for more information. I'm Michelle Constant. This feature was produced by Monique Stander, and you can email me on create at baza.co.za.
2: Create, proudly brought to you by Business and Arts South Africa, creating new opportunities for business arts partnerships. Email create at baza.co.za.
0: All right, uh, just uh, two tweets as we end. There's Duma saying that Shiloh must just come back to the ANC, because the ship is sinking even in the UDM. Jablanzulu saying that dead by laughter. Uh, Shilomisa, essay Politics, very interesting. Uh, Sabata, uh, homosexual, is inhumane if it's a lifestyle. Even animals can do that. However, if one born that way, I think it's okay. All right, uh, Sabata, they're making a point. And uh, Tulani Msimang is saying that he's taking just himself, his cellular phone, and his email account to the UDM. So he's going there alone, talking about uh, um, Shiloha there. All right, thanks uh, to the team, Buntle Mutsuaswe, and Mabuloka, and technical producer Mark Prella. And uh, thanks also to Musmali there for putting it uh, together.